What up, Oasis? You guys can be seated. Thank you. Uh, we love JP and Rachel. Um, I remember when he was a freshman at Olivet Nazarene University, and I was just praying for his salvation. Come on, somebody. Uh, but he made it through. Thank God for praying, parents. Come on. Um, no, we love them. We're grateful. It's been neat to see what God is doing. I don't know about you. If you're not excited about the future of this church, then you're in the wrong space. Uh, what God is about to th do through this church to this city is going to be awesome. So stay on board, right? Stay on the boat. Um, no su such thing as a perfect church because the church is made up of broken people. Um, so it's an honor for me to be here. Um, I always pray before I preach. I'll do that, and then we'll get it, get it, get it rocking. Is that cool? Before we pray, if you need a cultural translation of anything I say, just see JP after the service. He'll, he'll translate that for you. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for this great opportunity to be in this great church. Holy Spirit, I invite you in this space. You will not be grieved. You will not be offended. I give you complete reign and authority. Holy Spirit, I ask you to articulate the Father's voice Articulate the Father's heart through my voice to his people. And so I pray that every ear is open, every heart is open, every mind is open to receive that which you have for us. So invade this space. Not my will, but your will be done. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it is by his spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So I am from here. Actually, I was born and raised 14 miles straight north of here in Argyle Garden Housing Projects on the south side of Chicago. And my grandmother raised nine kids on welfare. Uh, she had five different baby fathers. And when I was 10 months old, my mother was murdered at the age of 17. And so my mom had my brother at 14, had me at 16. She was shot in the head at 17. Never met my father. Don't know who he is to this day. Uh, my uncle was in a gang. He was murdered, shot in the head at 17. Uh, my aunt was in a domestic violent relationship. Her boyfriend murdered her at 28. And I had another aunt that died at 15 from a brain tumor from asbestos in the projects. And so my grandmother raised nine kids. Four died. She raised nine grandbabies on welfare in the projects. So I grew up with a huge question mark on top of my head of who am I, why am I here? Right? I didn't understand why me. So I completely rebelled. My grandmother had one rule in our house, and it was, I don't care what you do between 8 and 3.30, just don't come home. You raised 18 kids, and let me know how that, how that worked out for you. So school hours was vacation. So my grandma was like, I don't care where you're going, you're getting up out of here. And so we wasn't made to go to school. No one in my family tree finished high school. No one in my family went to college. So it was literally on the back burner. Um, there was two main reasons why I went to school. Number one, I got a free meal. Hot lunch plan, come on, somebody. Because uh, there were times I was hustling, eating syrup sandwiches, sugar sandwiches, literally just trying to survive, right? I knew a body. I didn't go to PE. I went to gym. Come on, old school red dodgeball print to the face, gym class, right? How many guys know we put nurses to work? Come on, now they got these Tickle Me Elmo dodgeballs. You get hit, you laughing. <laughs> no, G. Like, dodgeball day was fight day where I grew up. Uh, but I picked up a basketball, and for me, it became an escape of reality. It didn't matter that I was hurting what was going on inside of me. I was a dirty kid on the block, holes in my shoes. When I got a ball in my hands, you couldn't hold me. So it literally became an escape of pain for me, right? We try and mask pain in many different ways. 
And so I did it with basketball. I was the man, like for real. Yeah. Uh, so I thought. Uh, my desk sat next to the teachers. I was a kid that was suspended. I was a kid that was in trouble. Barely graduated to eighth grade. Um, I was in a gang by 11 and selling crack cocaine by 14. All of my heroes were drug dealers because that's all I knew. There was no man's voice in my life. So I followed all the dudes who had all the stuff, right? Um, biggest, one of the biggest mistakes in my life, thank God I got out of that by a miracle. Made it to high school by a miracle, 2,500 kids. My freshman year, I tried out for the freshman boys basketball team. I made it. I was a four-year starter in high school, and I was the man, right? No, for real, I was the man. Um, I was signing autographs after games. I was turning about King homecoming court, prom court. I was literally voted the most popular kid in my class, right? I could do whatever, whatever I wanted, however I wanted, whenever I wanted, drinking, smoking, and I thought, and this is what everybody said, like, when you got issues, you'll, you go get high, and they'll go away. I was like, for real? All right. As soon as I came off being high, my problems didn't change. It was weird. Like, you go get drunk, yo, let's go. Get, now we say get lit. It wasn't that when I was back in the 90s. You ain't getting lit. You getting whatever. I don't think we had a word. This generation crazy. I'm, I'm praying for y'all, man. But I did, thinking it would fill a void in my heart. But as soon as I came off being drunk, the void, nothing changed. It was the weirdest thing. And so the truth of the matter is the void got bigger and bigger. Nothing filled it. And basketball didn't do it. Popularity didn't do it. Girls, drugs, nothing. Nothing. And I remember being 18 years old with this thought in my mind, if this is what life is about, I'm going to be bored. Like if this is what I got to look forward to, be, this is going to be a long journey because it sucks. And so I was being recruited for basketball. I always wanted to leave Chicago. I was like, give her brother a scholarship to Alaska, send me to Africa, just get me up out of here. I'll go anywhere. Man, I ended up scoring a 14 on my ACT. How many think you can go to college with a 14? Right? You ain't going nowhere. You chilling with me at the community college. Now, ain't nothing wrong with the community college, by the way. I'm just saying. That wasn't my plan. You know what I mean? And so all the schools turned their back on me. I ended up taking a scholarship to a community college. I played one year of basketball there. And when I was 19 years old, I had an encounter with Jesus that changed my life. Uh, my first cousin was a leader of a gang in our neighborhood. He had kids ages 12 to 18 under his authority. They carried dope for him, carried guns for him, whatever he told them to do, they did. He met this girl one night, walked her home. Her dad locked him in the living room and preached the gospel of Jesus Christ to him, and he gave his life to Christ. Come on, on the spot. And so we met up, told me about Jesus. I accepted Christ. My life changed. I finished at that community college with an associate's degree. Transferred, got my bachelor's and master's degree. I'm the first ever in my family to go to college. Come on. I met my beautiful wife in college. We'll be married 10 years this July, and I got a few beautiful kids, four beautiful kids. I'm not just saying that. I really do. My kids are gorgeous. It's all a mama. You know, it just took me three minutes. I was good. I was, that's it. She did the rest, and um, I was good. You know what I mean? I handles my business. I mean, do what you got to do. But um, that's my story, and um, I'm sticking to it. And if you can't talk about sex in church, I don't know where, you, where else you're going to talk about Talk about it at. You know what I mean? Because Kanye ain't telling you nothing. Wiz Cauliflower ain't telling you nothing. Carly B. Stupid ain't telling you nothing. But y'all accept that voice more than you accept the preacher's voice. That's a problem. Oh, I'm about to preach. Yeah. I'm not here to impress you. What you think about me, I don't care. My wife loves me, B. My kids adore me, so I'll be here to speak the truth in love, right? 
so me trying to impress you, I'm old. I mean, I'm, man, I'm 38 with four kids. I don't care what y'all think about me. <laughs> Shoot. Uh, all right. Turn to y'all Bibles, man, real quick. First Kings 19. First Kings 19. I want to talk to you this morning about awakening your purpose. Awakening your purpose. If you don't know, God got a purpose for your life. You're not here by accident. And this is the kid who's telling you this. Actually, my mother was a prostitute. Sold her body. Uh, when my grandmother, when my mom died at her funeral, no one knew she was 17. They thought she was in her 30s. Um, if you know anything about Chicago gangs, Jeff Ford sat on the front seat of my mother's funeral. So that's the crowd she kicked it with. And uh, for all of my years of my life, I thought I was an accident. So Mother's Day for me was like a struggle. Like I was 10 months, which means I never met my mother. So Mother's Day for me was rough. Um, but now, man, thank God, right, who knitted me in my mother's womb. Come on, knows how many hairs are on my head. Um, and so he has a purpose for your life. So if a kid can stay here and tell you this, who was born in an accident, tell you that God has a plan for your life, man, you got to have hope. Because it doesn't matter how you got here. It only matter what you do with it while you're here. Because you only get one shot at life. Once you stop breathing, it's over. The question is, how do you want to be remembered? You know, people going to talk about you at your funeral. What do you want them conversations to be? I am convinced with every fiber of my being that God wants you to leave a mark with your life. You are not here by accident. Do you know over 2,500 cities in America has a Martin Luther King Boulevard? That's leaving a mark with your life. Yo, you got a day off of school because of that, brother. You pull out cash money, you see men's faces on your money. That's leaving a mark. Every feat in human history has been done by a person. Every feat. You are sitting on somebody's idea. Had he not lived out his purpose, we'll all be sitting Indian style right now. The clothes you wear, the phones you rock. Somebody's brain, brain, purpose. Most of these dudes was heathens. Didn't know God at all. Didn't know the one who designed them to design. How much more you? The Bible says that you were made in his image. That word image means to take a photograph of. God took a selfie and made you. He'd been killing the selfie game way before this generation. Right? You look like your daddy. Hey, you look like your daddy. So if God said like be, the son is still doing what his purpose to do today. He said as long as the earth remains, seed, time, harvest, cold and winter, summer and heat shall not cease. These are objects in the earth still living out its purpose. None of them is made in his image. So how much more you? There is a destiny on your life. So God does not create anything to float on accident. Come on, if we were any closer to the sun, we would burn up. If we were any further away, we would freeze. God did that with his hands. Those same hands created you for purpose. But the question is, what are you going to do with it? Uh, Elijah, really quick, we're going to talk about Elijah. And um, you know the backstory of Elijah. The brother was living out his purpose. It was awakened. Remember, he spoke, and the heavens were shut up for three years. Remember that? Brother prayed, it did not rain. If that ain't living out purpose, I don't know what else is. And then remember, he called fire to come down from heaven on Mount Carmel, killed up the false prophets. Remember that? Come on, brother, your prayer is strong if you call calling fire down from heaven. Living out his purpose. Remember he gave that woman an unlimited debit card to Walmart? Remember that? Y'all remember that? All right, y'all need to read y'all Bible. 
Anyway, that woman didn't want for another day in her life. Then remember he raised that boy from the dead? Come on, living out his purpose. He was awakened. Remember he caused the heavens to open back up. He prayed after three and a half years, it did not rain. He prayed again and it rained. Purpose. And then remember that brother outran the chariot? Remember that? How you going to outrun a chariot with horses? That's God. Come on. How many of you guys know once you encounter the God of the Bible, you can do the impossible? Come on. So this brother's purpose was awakened and he was living it out. Are you hearing me? But then one day he received a message. How many, how many of you ever received a disappointed message? Come on. Some, they, those going to come. It's called life. But this brother received a message and it changed his life. Remember that? First Kings 19. Then Jezebel sent the messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. He killed up all the prophets. Jezebel heard about it. And she said, you know what? By this time tomorrow, you're going to be dead just like those prophets. And the Bible says he ran from a woman. No disrespect, ladies. I'm just saying. You call down fire from heaven and you run from a woman. That's a problem. Come on. So I got three keys really quick, three keys to awakening your purpose, three keys to awakening your purpose. But before I get there, let's read this quick story. Are y'all ready? First Kings 19, eight through 16, eight verses. So he arose and ate and drank and he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave. Everyone say a cave. And spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly, a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then the Lord said to him, go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, for no is king of Assyria. And you said, O Nay, Jehu, the seem of Nishmiah, king of Israel. And Elijah said, ask Pastor, take your place. <laughs> Number one, if you're going to awaken your purpose, you can't give no space to fear. This brother heard a message from a woman and the spirit of fear gripped his life. He went from a mountaintop to a cave. How do you go from a mountaintop representing God, purpose in your life, on your life, the demonstration of the power of God is coming through him and he goes to a cave. Some of us love our caves. We got flat screens in our tapes, Nintendo 64s. Do they, people still play that? We got Xboxes, Nintendo Switches. We love our caves. God has not called you to live in a cave. Do you know nothing can grow in a cave? Do you know there's no light in caves? Come on. The Bible says you are the light of the? What are you doing in the cave? 
Fear will kill you. It was fear. He heard one message. How many of you guys know that the Bible says faith comes by hearing? Hearing what? So if you're not hearing a word, what are you hearing? So if faith comes by hearing a word, how does fear come? Who are you and what are you listening to? What messages do you still have that you should have let go a long time ago? You know, the teacher that said you weren't going to amount to anything. The boyfriend that called you ugly and fat and stupid. Come on, the boss that said you're not, you'll never be good enough. Those are lies from the pit of hell. You need to delete that message. And you need to get in God's word and allow faith to be built in your spirit. So here he is on a mountaintop and he hears a word and fear gripped his life. What is fear? I have an acronym for fear. Catch this. False evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. How many guys ever watched CSI? Remember CSI? Me and my wife was watching some episode, and this dude was crazy. He was like a professor at a university, right? But he was a killer. Dude was crazy. And um, he was killing people. Then he'll go to the, on the, you know, at the murder scene, he'll switch all the evidence. Put blood splatter here, right? He was a scientist. He knew what he was doing. He was planting false evidence. So when the CSI people came up, they'll check out all the evidence and they'll chase the evidence, but they'll be going the wrong way while he's already killing someone else. I believe Satan has done that to a lot of people. He's coming to your life and he's planted false evidence. You'll never amount to anything. You're not smart enough. You're not creative enough. That will never happen for you. And you go into a cave. But that is a lie. My Bible says you can do all things through Christ. Not some things. What's ex- all things. I believe that God has planted a dream in your heart. I believe that with all my heart. I really do. God has placed a dream in your heart. And sometimes fear, fear will rob it. You must rebuke fear in the name of Jesus, right? What did Peter, I mean, I'm sorry, what did Paul tell Timothy? God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power, of love, and a sound mind. But you got to ask yourself, what am I listening to? You either build in your faith or you build in fear. The greatest two powers on the earth is faith and fear. There's no in-between. Come on. One word, he hears it. Fear grips his heart. Fear will grip the seed of potential right out of your life. Come on. A seed is to flourish. How many of you guys know I do not have to convince an apple seed to do anything? In the DNA of an apple seed, it has everything it needs to fulfill its purpose. I don't have to do nothing to it. In the seed of the DNA of one seed has a potential of one tree with a thousand apples. In its DNA. Only thing I got to do is get in the right environment. A little water, a little sunlight, and this potential will come forth. Who and what are you exposing your dreams to? Stop getting around people who won't speak life to you. There's some relationships you should have left a long time ago. There's some numbers in your phone you should have deleted a long time ago. There's a lot of people on your social media you should have blocked a long time ago. Come on. There, listen, there's only nourishing relationship and toxic, one, toxic ones. There's none in between. You got to let people speak life into you. Come on. How many of you guys know no one can speak to Elijah in a cave? He's alone. You weren't created to be an island? God died, literally. Emmanuel, God with us, died so that you can be in community. So Sunday morning should not be optional. Wednesday night should not be optional. You need to be around people who's going to speak your dream alive. He's in a cave by himself with no one. You know what the enemy is saying to him? How many of you guys know the enemy speaks the loudest when you're alone? 
you got to get around people. Sometimes you have to believe in someone's belief in you until your belief kicks in. There's people who believe in you. Just go find them. Come on. Might be a daddy, might be a friend. Come on, somebody. It's quiet in this Catholic church. But God has put the seed of unlimited potential on the inside of you. God is very consistent. You could count on his character. So if he has a destiny, a plan for the trees and the freaking grass and oak trees and berries and you don't think he got a plan for you? Come on, none of those things are made in his image. You are. You got destiny. It's a seed of unlimited potentials on the inside of you. Come on, what did Peter say? 1 Peter 1.23, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides. You have incorruptible seed in you. Incorruptible. What are you going to do with it? Come on, man. So here he is. He's in a cave. And then God shows up in the cave. Number two, you must ask yourself this question. What am I doing here? Do you know the heart attack rate increases by 45% on Monday mornings because people go to jobs that they hate? And the hearts attack them. People will take a job to make money and not be happy than to be in their purpose and be peaceful. That's insomnia. There are seasons in your life where you would do what you have to do, but it's only a stepping stone to do what God has purposed you to do. Don't be taking no job to make money. You can't take none of it with you. I tell my players all the time. Listen, when you die, bro, there will not be a U-Haul truck attached to your casket. Be you storing up all this 8,000 square foot homes, Bentleys, Mercedes, and leaving it to somebody stupid. The Bible calls us to lay treasures in heaven. You got to send that stuff ahead of you. Don't get caught up in all this crap in this world. Listen, we're getting a new one. What you tripping about? No, nah, B, I'm good. I'm trying to give everything away. I ain't trying to hold on to nothing. Take it all. You feel me? Don't get caught up in the things of this world. We are not of this place. The Bible says we're aliens. We passing through. When you pass through something, you don't hold on to it. Come on, somebody. You might get a little card and send out something, but man, other than that, I don't want none of it. Take it all. Paul said we should be in anticipation and waiting his appearing. How many of us wake up really thinking Jesus don't come today? This time when I'm waking, I'm like, I'm just waiting to hear that horn. Come on, somebody. That trumpet sound. Let's be up. I, I'm tired of this place. People crazy. Serving people with millions of dollars and want nothing to do with God. How you think you got all this stuff? You think you was born with this ability? God gave you that stuff. The least you could do is give it back to him by honoring him with your life. Amen. The very breath in your lungs God gave you. Come on. Come on. You ain't that cool. Your swag ain't that deep. God, take that breath. You ain't nothing, son. Gone. Audi. Deuces. Peace. You better thank God. Come on. What are you doing here? You got to discover your purpose. Your purpose is discovered. God does not hand it on a platter. If God revealed his purposes for your life, you wouldn't need them. Could you imagine God showed him and said, yo, look, for the next 20 years, this is what you're going to do. You're going to be like, oh, snap. We good. Peace. 
No, God's purposes is revealed on the way. There's some obedience attached to this thing. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Come on. So your purpose is discovered. Your gifts are developed. God has placed a gift in every single one of you. It's your responsibility to develop it. Your gift will make room to you, for you. You have to move in the area of your gift. Be out on park anywhere but with a microphone. It's my gift. Come on, you take a fish and put that thing on this, this table. He going to struggle. Like, bro, sorry, I can't even do nothing for you. You take that same fish and put him in water, you'll see his gifts emerge. You have to put yourself in a position to use your God-given gifts. Stop trying to be like everybody else is boring. Seven billion people on the planet. Not one of us have the same set of fingerprints. Not even identical twins have the same set of fingerprints. You know what that means? God made you unique. And God don't do copies. He only do originals. You are original masterpiece. You workmanship created in who? Christ Jesus. That's who you are. Be yourself. I tell my son all the time, boy, your swag so deep, you'll make a submarine sink. <laughs> be unique, man. Stop trying to be like everybody else. That's why I don't wear leather jackets and boots. I don't wear that. Get that Hillsong swag up out of here. I'm from the south side of Chicago. You better recognize. I might throw up a gang sign in this piece. I'm having flashbacks in this month. But be yourself, man. It's boring trying to be like everybody else. You weren't created to be like everybody else. You actually was created to stand out, not fit in. It's too much work. I mean, one time I was walking through the locker room. And this dude was like, dang, yo, chap, that watch hot. I had on his watch. I was like, all right. He's like, where you get that from? I was so tempted to say some French name I ain't even understand. It was very tempting. Man, I got that thing from Walmart. <laughs> Babe, where do I get all my watches from? Walmart and Wells. Target. That's me. Feel me? You could, you could spend $4,500 on a watch, B. I'm spending $25, and you think it's from France somewhere, son. That's just me. That's my swag. I ain't finna change because you rocking a Bentley, B. I drive a Hyundai Sonata. Come on, somebody. Pay for. You feel me? I'm good. Why? Because I know who I am. More importantly, I know whose I am. See, when you know who you are, you ain't got to conform to the world. The world can't touch me. I'm a black man in America with a master's degree. You can't touch me. Say what you want. Try and put me in the box. Statistics. No, B, you can't hold me. I handle my business. Come on, somebody. I believe God wants you to handle yours. Don't let the world label you. Labels suck. Take them off. You ain't finna label me. You ain't finna put me in no box. You ain't finna put me in no statistic. You finna, I'm coming out this cave. But you got to ask yourself the question, what am I doing here? God asked Elijah two times the same question, 9 and 13, verse 9 and 13. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? And I've heard this preached so many times. Look at this, man. This is bananas to me. An earthquake, come on, a tornado, come on, somebody, and some fire. Now, I don't know about you. Let an earthquake happen. I'm grabbing my wife and I'm out of here. I got enough faith to pray for y'all on the way. <laughs> I'm getting my wife and I'm gone. Come on, let a tornado happen? I'm outie. I'm already, 
yo, what pastor go? I don't know. He gone. This brother had an earthquake and a tornado and didn't leave. You don't think fear is real? Fear will paralyze you. What are you doing here? God is trying to get him out the cave. He ain't moving. What circumstances has come into your life that God is trying to push you out the cave? And because of fear, you won't step out to start that business. You won't step out to begin to pursue that relationship with someone who's better than you in the area of field that you want to go into. To send that inbox message, to go ahead and hook up your LinkedIn to try and connect. What are you going to do to get out the cave? What else do God have to do to get you out the cave? This dude ain't moving. You don't think fear is paralyzing? Come on. Let a tornado happen. How many you going to see here? No, B, we all up out of here. But not him. So look what God does. And he said, and he repeated himself. God asked him the same question twice, and he said the same thing. Man. Then the Lord said to him, go. Get out. I love this. Verse 13. Go back to verse 13. So it was when Elijah heard it, the still small voice. How many of you guys ever heard this preach about that still small voice? How many of you guys ever heard that he literally heard a still small voice? And that, was, be, that is not what that means. He didn't hear a still small voice. You know what he heard? Silence. That sentence, a still small voice, means silence in the Hebrew. When the translators translated the Bible, they couldn't believe that you could hear silence. So they put he heard a still, small voice. Research it on your own. I ain't got time. He heard silence. How many of you guys know if we all be quiet right now, you can hear silence? He thought God was gone. Now, you mean to tell me, listen to this, an earthquake, fire, tornado, and he don't move. You think he's going to come out of the still, small voice? God already asked him twice, what are you doing here? So when he ain't moving, what are you doing here? He ain't moving an earthquake, fire, or tornado. You think he about to come out now? No! He thought God left. I'm finna prove it. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> Listen to this. What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here, Elijah? Verse 13. So he was when Elijah heard it. Heard what? Silence. He thought God left. Then he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He surprised him. You thought I was gone. Gotcha. Nope, I'm still here. What do God have to do to get your attention? What else does he have to give you to walk in your purpose? You got to wake it up. Come on, man. You're not here just to exist. You are here to thrive. You're not here just to live. You are here to be alive. That's the difference. Come on, just because you breathing don't mean you living. When you truly live and you walking in the things and purposes of God, there's a call on your life. There's a destiny on your life. If you work in the McDonald's, be the best burger flipper you can be. Come on, you cutting grass, man. You better get them edges on point. You in marketing, be used to be presenting the best. Come on, somebody. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. You know what it takes to raise somebody from the dead? Power. Come on. That spirit lives in us. You got to live it out. 
What are you doing here? So God was mad. We don't think God get mad today. I was thinking about this this morning. It's crazy. We talk about and sing worship songs about the love of God, the mercy of God. When was the last time you heard a worship song on the wrath of God? Oh, God, let your wrath come upon us. We just stole the wrath out the window. You don't think God hates sin? God hates sin. Until you hate your sin, you'll never get delivered from it. You have to hate it like God hates it. Come on, Oasis Church, worship. You need to write a wrath song. The church needs to be awakened. Isn't that crazy? We just skipped that whole character of God. Like, right, everybody preaching on love. Love is cool, but God has got a balance. If the world don't know they sinners, they don't think they need a savior. Come on, somebody. You know what else I'm tired of, too, while I'm on it? I'm tired of getting on airplanes and they telling us to freaking wear oxygen masks if we going down and put on a floaty device. Be what I'm going to do with a floaty device in the air. I need a parachute. Why come airlines don't sell parachutes? Come on, somebody. Am I crazy? You dare anticipating you surviving by hitting the water. Be, there's a lot of air before you get to the water. I'll do better with a parachute. Come on, somebody. Unless you know you're in danger, you don't think you need a parachute. See, we think we right by ourselves. Yeah, salvation don't come because of what you do. You might not be a works person. It's going to be a long walk for you. Because then when you see and then what? Your works did it? You better lean on a cross. That's your only hope. He did all the work so that you could become righteous. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You better lean into the cross. Our only hope is the cross. Without the cross, we all jacked up. Matter of fact, I want out of here. Yep, yep. I, when I, what's the point of living? Yep. I'm done. Thank God for the cross. Because I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. You got to get outside yourself. Your life ain't about you. As a matter of fact, your life has nothing to do with you. Until the moment you give your life away that God has given you, he'll multiply it. Until then, you a walking dead man. Everything that God gives you it's to be given away. Everything. For God so loved the world that he God's a giver. You know the closest you ever feel like God is when you give. Everything. Everything. Your money, your life. Come on. Clothes, shoot, everything you have. Man, just give it away. Watch, won't you trust God to do something supernatural? Number three, and I'm done. You gotta walk by faith. If your purpose is going to awaken, you got to walk by faith. Come on. We walk by faith and not by. It don't matter what's going on in your life. You just walk through it. Just keep on walking. Come on. Keep on walking. Keep on walking no matter what you see. We're not moved by what we see. Because everything we see is temporal and subject to change. So don't get discouraged when you're going through a hard time. That thing has to change. It has to. Why? Because the earth is governed by a law called seed time harvest we get discouraged in the time right just because we could tweet right away and we get mad if we don't get a like in like 30 seconds the kingdom don't work that way there's time in the kingdom god wants to build some character in you why because the place that he's taking you is only going to take character for you to sustain it don't think because your gift gonna get you to a place you're gonna get disqualified once you get there i tell that to my players your athletic athletic ability has got you the far this far but it would be your character that keeps you here. 
You got to work on you. Come on. He's giving you everything, but you got to do your part. This is a partnership. It is quiet in this church. Y'all looking at me. Well, the restaurants are open and we got to go eat. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, this downtown traffic is. I'm just trying to meet my audience where they at. That's all I'm doing. But you got to walk by faith. Here's Elijah in a cave. God gives him the last three assignments of his life. Could you imagine if God showed up and sat on the edge of your bed and said, yo, you got three things to do. I got three things for you to do, and then I'm bringing you home. I'll be sweating like a mug. Come on. Three things. You know, like, I'll be waiting as long as I can. I'm like, oh, number one. It's been three days. (laughs) But God gives you the last three assignments of your life, and he's bringing you home. Exactly what he did. Go to anoint two kings and anoint Elisha to take your place. Do you know if you don't fulfill your God-given purpose, if you don't awaken your purpose, God will find somebody else to do it? And I don't know about you. Ain't nobody taking my place. No, it ain't happening. Not on my watch. Don't get disqualified from your purpose. It doesn't mean that God don't love you. But because you don't want to fulfill your purpose, don't mean that the kingdom going to stop. To the kingdom, there is no end. So you're either part of it or you're not. God still loves you. You might even still make it to heaven. But don't let your rewards be robbed because of your disobedience. See, salvation isn't the issue. It's going to be rewards. When he says he's going to wipe away every tear from their eye, there won't be no sin or envy or hate or sadness in heaven. So he's not talking about that. I believe people are going to look at their life and wish they would have done more. So they started crying. God is, a, God is reward motivated. Are you? What are you doing to sin and get rewards? The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians, when we stand before him at the bema seat of Christ, that's the judgment seat for the believers, everything you've done is going to be thrown in fire. Whatever's burned up is going to be gone. What's left is what you're going to have. I don't want to be crying because, man, maybe I should have asked my neighbor to come to Oasis Church. Maybe the dude I see at school, you know, struggling, yo. What is going to kill you to invite? If everybody here invites one person, like for real, what that? What? they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting him. Don't take it personal. Like, yo, man, man, that sucks, bro. I'll be praying for you. It took me two years to get my neighbor to come to church. And he got saved on Easter. Come on. And I live in the suburbs. And come on, somebody. I am from the projects. I am the only brother on my block. Next door to a police officer. Are you hearing me? But we got a mission to win our neighborhood. Come on. Just ask your freaking neighbor to come to church. And go pick them up. Have Starbucks in hand and a donut or something. It's easy, man. Just love people. This world's so jacked up. All you got to do is love somebody. You good. It's so easy to win people, man. And the gospel is won through relationships, man. You got to go sit down with somebody that don't look like you. You want to kill racism? Go find somebody that don't look like you. But like, man, I, I'm ignorant. I just got one question. Why black people love fried chicken? Just ask them. You know what I mean? Can I come over on Thanksgiving? I just want to experience your cultural experience. You know what I mean? That's how you kill racism. And ain't you tweeting out about what's happening in the White House? Trump ain't in Chicago. We more worried about what's happening, I don't know how many miles away D.C. is, and your neighbor about to go to hell. 
No, we're called to build the kingdom, not a government. There's a king coming with the government. Come on. Man, y'all look. We got to do better. And it starts you fulfilling your purpose. God has some of you in the business sector, some of you in education. Whatever space you in, come on, you got to go after it with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. God has people in those places. The question is, what place are you in? Are you really doing what God has called you to do? Or has fear got you bound? You know that you know that you know you should be in this space. Are you that convinced in your heart that you are exactly what God wants you to be? You got to know that. That's on you. But when you get there, God would meet you and give you grace to do exactly what he called you to do. How does a nappy-haired kid from the projects with no parents end up serving the most influential people on the planet? I don't qualify to be there. He qualified me to be there. You're already qualified. The question is, are you going to step out? Come on. You got to do it by faith. Let's pray. I'm done.